No, that didn't. Yeah. All right, everybody. Welcome to Unscripted One-on-One. And uh, from my soon-to-be-moving studios, as I announced uh, recently, but um, what an an exciting time uh, for me tonight. I'm very excited about this. We were just talking offline, and I have the lovely Miss Fatima Oliver with me uh, today. She is a wife, mother, and author, and my favorite part is an extreme lover of chocolate. Um, (laughs) She also has a passion for helping others using what she calls a baby step approach. Fatima has been uh, able to embrace the work necessary to heal from childhood trauma, heartbreak, and abuse, which I think we're going to talk a little bit about. And uh, much of her life's journey is shared in her new book, The Prescription is in the Dirt. Yeah. now available on amazon.com which we'll get all the links by the end for sure but um welcome to unscripted one-on-one this is such a true honor for me thank you shoot it's an honor for me too i'm just excited i think my husband is just happy that other people want to talk to me so i don't just keep talking to him blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so you know he's he's cheering on the outside of the door like go <laughs> bring it home yeah. So well, I love your website. I love, I love um, everything that you provided to me. There's just so much here. You, you have a story to tell. So let's yeah. just start with that. Let's tell, let's tell your story. Well, shoot, there is a lot to tell, but I would just um, try to summarize it. I am from Las Vegas, Nevada, born and raised, Tarkanian legacy all day long. <laughs> um, UNLV for life, 702 is in my blood. Um, now that that's out the way. <laughs> um, I love me some I, UNLV, I'm not going to lie. Yes. I love, I love now, them. Sorry. It has to be the right era, though. You know, right now, they're like, eh, but it's my family, you know? Yeah. Um, I can talk about them. Nobody else can. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm from I'm from Vegas, born and raised about, um, I don't know, eight, eight, ten years ago, I moved to Charlotte, where I really feel like um, God, start, God started doing some work in me and really started kind of helping me to figure out who I was. And then about two years ago, I moved to Ohio. So I'm the only girl out of five boys. I grew up with all boys, no sister in sight. So really any girl that I thought was cool, she was automatically my sister. I have so many sisters, it's crazy. (laughs) Um, I I adopted them, not sure if they adopted me, but I was like, you're my sister. (laughs) um, And yeah, and so, and then I wound up having all boys. So I have four boys and my husband. So I'm in a home full of testosterone, which is really special at times. We talk a lot about poop and farts and booty okay sorry but that's what they talk about and that's kind of like our love language um and so yeah it's it's definitely been a roller coaster um growing up in the heart of the inner city as it's nicely put but i say the hood Mm -hmm. um it, it was tough so there wasn't a lot of privilege um i grew up um with a single mother my father unfortunately was absent um he had he was dealing with a lot of um addictions um alcohol but primarily drug addiction and so in his words that was one of the major reasons why he kind of stayed away from me he never wanted me to see him high and Mm -hmm. so well that meant that he was high all the time so i never saw him and so my experience was just not having a father and always trying to find some type of a father figure. My mother was tough as nails. She came from generationally a tough as nails um, mother. Um, that's just how it was. Um, her mother was a single parent with, with like seven kids. And then my mom had um, three boys of her own. Me made four and my dad had two 
two um, sons. So she just had, you know, her home was full of ambitious boys that could get into mess and we lived in the hardest part of town. So she was very tough. The byproduct of that, unfortunately, is that there wasn't a lot of room for affection. Mm. There wasn't a lot of room for emotional support. I didn't know really what that looked like. I definitely was raised to be a survivor, to be to have grit, to have tenacity, to be able to um, mark things off of a, a chart or a task list and be able to say, did that, did that, did, did that. But as far as being in tune with my emotions, being allowed to express sadness or disappointment or um, frustration or sorrow, unfortunately, um, um, how did I hear it said? Drama was celebrated. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, drama was celebrated. Angry was celebrated. Passion, which, which just means more anger, was celebrated. But the, the, the other parts of us was kind of looked at as weakness. And so I grew up with a pretty tough shell around me. I wasn't a mean person. I was a timid person that internalized a lot. And unfortunately, that led me down a, a huge spiral of anxiety and depression. Mm. Wow. <laughs> wow. that, you asked well and, and you and you told and thank god for that that's what this is all about that's what unscripted is about is is stories and that there's a lot to unpack there um yeah when because you're clearly not the product of that environment as i speak to you now um yeah. what what was the turning point for you and i truly don't know this you and i just met today so yeah. i don't know what that answer is there had to be a turning point there had to be or or turning points or moments yeah. What was it? I mean, for most of my life, um, I just feel like God had his hand on me. I grew up a Buddhist. Mm. I grew up a Buddhist in the Nichiren Daishonin um, Buddhism. Um, it's looked at as the one true Buddhism. That's how it's viewed. And um, my family are Buddhist. Uh, my, my grandmother was a Buddhist. This was a generational religion that gave me. So at a young age, I had spirituality. Um, and so I was always taught in a form of meditation. Anytime there was something that was going on, um, I would view it now as a form of meditation, reciting the prayers. And you get into like this zone of kind of like a form of meditation and trying to kind of get to your clearness or your soul or what have you. Um, but, but I had aunts who were not Buddhist. They would toss them back and forth and one was a Christian. And so I would often go to church with her and those songs would resonate in my soul and in my heart. And they just stuck there with me. I love to sing. Um, music was in my family. That's just, we, you know, we were very artistic in our family. And um, so the music was kind of the bait. I want to say that God used on me was mm -hmm. the bait. And so throughout my life, up until 19, when I decided to become a Christian, I always had that deep down seed that was inside me. And then eventually just pure curiosity and a boy. There's always a boy in the story <laughs> and a boy. Um, he was a Christian. His family was a, were um, Christians and um, they basically um, basically introduced me to Christ. That relationship didn't really last. It went on and off, but my foundation of who God was, honestly, that family introduced me to um, the, the true foundational practices of Christianity. And then God just put key people in my life, which he does for all of us to help um, guide me and structure um, my walk. 
and baptize me for the first time and teach me about vertical worship and horizontal worship and just all the fascinating things about who Christ is. And so I was always taught um, from the age of 19 by my godfather that the church is a spiritual hospital. We are all sick and that's where we go to get healing and that um, a relationship with Christ is very critical, not a religion. We can religiously go and get our hair cut. We can religiously wear the same kicks when we go out to play ball, but it's about your relationship with Christ. So those mm -hmm. key, those two things just stuck with me throughout my life and through all the tumultuous things I went through, um, um, a physical, physically abusive relationship with my, with my spouse, all the crazy heartbreaks and stuff that I went through, that always centered me and so even when I felt that God was so far away, even when I felt like there's no way he's hearing me because there's so many people out there with other harder things that he's He's answering their prayers, but I'm not important enough for him to answer mine just yet. Even through all of that, I still prayed to him. And so mm -hmm. I really believe it was that connection, that anchoring from God that kept me, even when I didn't think he was keeping me. And so I've just made it to a place, honestly, where I don't look like where I come from, but that ain't got nothing to do with the makeup. Although I think I did a good job today. Um, <laughs> it really had to do with God and his Holy Spirit just um, working through me in the most horrible moments of my life and me learning how to lay prostrate before him and learning how to get on my knees and pray for pray to him and honestly get into a place like Hannah did and saying that no matter what, these are my desires, I want this so strongly, but no matter what, your will be done in my life and yet will I praise you. No matter if you give me a child, if you don't, I will praise you. And I learned how to say, I have a yet praise God, no matter what I'm going through. And I think that is what people see that comes through. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, and even when you were just saying that at the end, you know, it reminds me of there, there's that song that says, bring the rain. And, you know, that's, that's a, that's a tough prayer to pray. Is, yes. Um, you know, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm good. Jesus, just be, even if you bring the rain, um, because be careful what you wish for. Right. And, yeah. and not, not that God would, would do things intentionally, yeah. you know, make our lives miserable, but, but boy, if you say yeah. bring the rain, or as you said, you know, like I'll take you through it, whatever it is. Um, yeah. So a question I have for you. And, and so we have an underwritten, unwritten rule on unscripted. And that is if I ever ask you anything that you just can't or don't want to, or quite frankly, just don't really want to answer. You just say I'm past. Okay. okay. So this may be a tough question. As you were um, working out your faith, yeah. given the history, as you've spoken about, and again, we're just meeting today for the first time, yeah. given the history from a um, male perspective in your life, did you have a hard time walking that out, trusting God? Yeah, because but, of of because of the the history in your life. Yeah, and the lack of connection, right? Yes. So. Um, and my brothers, I mean, they were boys and they wanted me to cry. So mm -hmm. when I cried, they thought it was funny, right? Because mm -hmm. that's just what boys do. And um, and, and not having a, a positive male figure around that age, um, I had two stepfathers. One physically abused me, one sexually abused me. Mm -hmm. And so that was my identity when it came to, to, to the father. So when I would read in the scriptures, the father will heal you. God is our, or, or people would try to make it tangible and they would say, God is your father. I could not relate. 
Right. I couldn't relate because I didn't know what that looked like. I knew mm -hmm. that he wasn't bad. So mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't put him in that category, but I just had no connection. And being raw, honest, I, um, I just started learning what that really looks like. Um, a father and, and daughter relationship and what was a healthy father-daughter relationship was when I married my husband. I upgraded, by the way. So um, my second go around, I upgraded. And um, oh, but good. he has he has girls. And and when I see him and his interaction with his girls, I was able to um, combat some stuff in my head because mm -hmm. growing up, I grew up with abuse sexually and physically. So when I would, my mom had, um, you know, there were rules. When you grow up like that, there are rules. You don't sit on a man's lap. You don't do certain stuff. You wear certain clothes when there's a man in the house. It was just, that's just the way we grew up. My mom had her own brokenness. My aunties had their own brokenness. So that was kind of the rule. There was a whole lot of don'ts. So when I saw any other relationship, when a, a husband, I mean, a, a daughter and a, and a dad, I would always think, is that okay? Mm. I didn't know that them hugging each other was okay. Yeah. Then kissing them on the cheek was okay. Mm -hmm. And so when God, when people would say, God can kiss you on the forehead and he can comfort you. I, I didn't understand on a father daughter perspective, but I did um, receive the understanding of the Holy spirit. Mm. I received the understanding of Jesus left and he, and he left a comforter. And I re and I was able to receive that when I was going through some of the most horrendous moments in my life, when I lost my child mm -hmm. and I felt like, how could God allow me to go through that when I've given him what I thought was my everything? And how could he allow me to feel such excruciating pain? Mm -hmm. I felt the comforter. And um, when my brother passed away and I didn't think that and, and I actually went to an interview the next day for a job and actually got the job. I don't even know how I did that. Right. And just going to work in a kind of a haze, I felt God's comfort. And so I could relate to him on that aspect. I didn't, I wasn't able to relate to him on a father daughter aspect until mm -hmm. well into my forties. Um, and really when um, I started to form a relationship with my biological father, and the relationship has been such a blessing. I was able to finally get an understanding of, wow, if this is how it is for like your real dad, like your biological dad, like if this, is this what I've been missing? Then, then wow, God really loves me a lot. So mm -hmm. I'm constantly learning that because me and my earthly father's relationship is constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. So I'm, God is also constantly showing me just how awesome he is and how much he loves me. And I'm working on the proud factor of the fact that he's proud of me. Mm -hmm. I'm not used to that. So that's really something that I'm working on now is accepting that God is so proud of me. That is a new space for me. So. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say I don't know him personally, because I mean, I, we're supposed to know him personally in our relationship with Christ. But I have to believe he's very proud of you, <laughs> just <laughs> based on what you said already. And just just your presence, um, just your your light, just who you are in the wow. I don't know, 15 minutes we've been <laughs> together. Uh, literally, I, I have to I know God's proud um, and especially knowing what he knows more than any of us that you've even shared with this audience would know. Um, to to be such a wonderful spirit and have so much light and have so much joy and give God the praise and all of that. Yeah. Um, pretty sure he's going to be pretty proud. Um, <laughs> you know, and again, I, I don't know. I don't have a, a red 
that phone right here that All I right. can dial that up. <laughs> you but don't have the easy maybe, button maybe where I'm you can be like, hey, God. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm speaking out of school, but I, I really do feel like, I, I mean, you know, because I, I uh, that's all he wants, right? He just wants us to, um, the questions I always say that I always believe is, he's going to ask us two things. What did you do to bring glory to my name? And what did you do with the talents I gave you? Yeah. The rest of it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of messy in there for us. Some of it more messy than others. Some, you know, for, there's a lot that everybody has to go through and some people sail right on through and, yeah. you know, God be the glory for those people. But a lot of us kind of get stuck in the mud and um, whatever that might be, uh, either whether it's our own doing or uh, an upbringing or the yeah. environment, we, whatever it might be. But um, those are the two questions he's going to say, what, what did you do to bring glory in my name? And what did you do with the talents I gave you? Absolutely. And so far, I think you've checked both boxes. So <laughs> you're doing well. Let's transition because yeah. tell me, what is the baby step approach? So what I learned was, number one, when I got to a place where truly I had gotten to a place where I felt just two years ago that I was really having a nervous breakdown. I felt like I was losing my natural mind. And there is something to be said to have in peace of mind. It is true. It is a real, I think, spiritual thing. And when people say they're losing their mind, we say that so cavalierish, but it is such a fearful thing to walk around feeling internally that you're not recognizing yourself, that you're becoming a stranger to yourself. And for me, that's that's the moment that I had a, a couple years ago. Um, and um, it was hard to articulate it. Um, I had just had a move. I relocated to, to Ohio and I got real unbusy. And it was in that unbusyness that God really started pulling my coattail. Mm. And in the process of that, I feel like I was going through a soul healing journey. That's a nice way to say I really felt like I was losing my mind. And all I could do was pray to God to help me because I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm. And so um, through some godly counsel which from my tribe and um and, and just with them giving me the courage to take some hard steps and go speak to somebody. I wound up going to counseling uh, um, in the same time. At the same time, I wound up um, getting a part, becoming a part of a group, a program called Celebrate Recovery. And for those who don't know what that is, it's similar to a, a Alcoholics Anonymous program or a Narcotics Anonymous program. It has 12 steps but they're, they're built around biblical principles more so than these other programs. You don't have to be an alcoholic or, or on drug. This is for any hang up or hurt that you're dealing with. And for me, clearly I had some stuff going on that God was trying to bring up to the surface. And so my church was actually offering it. So I did both. Mm. I went through a, a, a book step program, which was four books, nine months worth of dedication, and through each book, it makes you go farther and farther into pulling the layers like an onion, peeling back the layers and looking at the core issue of what is going on with you. What are your triggers? Why do you get so angry when somebody says a certain thing to you? What, why are you so defensive when you try to date and everybody is saying you got a chip on your shoulder? Mm -hmm. Why can't you forgive this person for this unforgivable thing? So it sends you through all these different straight facing hard truths, head on type of conversations. And so that information I took to my counselor 
and we work through it together and we work through the emotional aspect of it because like i said before i grew up learning how to survive mm. i never dealt with the emotional trauma of surviving so many things and so in the process of that and working through this nine month journey for me i learned that if i wouldn't have done these three steps baby steps to me because there's so much more that can be done but if i wouldn't have did these critical things i don't think i would be where i'm at honestly mm. And one of those is having a safe place to fall. And that meant like my tribe, I say, those are like-minded women that I had developed a relationship with over time. I had to let down my walls to trust them and they trust me. And when I was at my worst, my ugliest, um, snotty nose, surgeries, all kind of stuff, they were there for me to pray with me and to walk alongside me. And they were the ones that I could listen to when they gave me godly counsel and said, girlfriend, you need to go talk to somebody. Mm. I was able to hear it right from knowing that it was they were speaking um, the truth and love. So it's very critical, I think, to have a safe place to fall. And not all the time I tell people not all the time will that be your spouse. Not all the time will that be your relatives or your girlfriend that you hang out with all the time. Sometimes it's going to have to be a counselor. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes sometimes that's just the way it is. And mm -hmm. so you have to get the courage to walk through that door like I did. Another um, another one, Aaron, is being able to understand that if you're going to walk this walk, meaning if you if you've been pondering that there are some things going on inside you that you really need to deal with and you keep trying to avoid it but you're really trying to get the courage to move forward you have to make a decision that either you're going to walk by faith or you're going to listen to all the naysayers and all the stories that have been spoken over your life mm -hmm. and so that victim mindset must be changed to a victorious mindset meaning you are not a victim yes you've been victimized but you are not a victim you are not uh, less than, you are not invisible. You are worthy, you can succeed. You are incredible. You do have greatness on the inside of you. You have to change your story. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I had to take a lot of those negative thoughts that I, were that I was real comfortable with, I had to take them and, and, and take them captive and tell myself whenever a negative thought comes in my head, Fatima, you have to switch it and think of a godly affirmation. So that's another step. And then um, finally, because I am a talker and I could go on and on, I would say that um, we definitely have all, I'm sure, you live a little, we've all been in a place where we're not okay mm -hmm. and it's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be in a place where you say, I can't even stand myself, okay? <laughs> right. I know people can't stand me and I can't stand me. <laughs> it's okay to go to be in that space, but it's definitely not okay to be in that space and then pretend like you don't know it. Mm. You have to make a decision to change and you can't have comfort and change at the same time. Mm -hmm. So there comes, there has to come a time if you're gonna walk this walk and do this tough work because it is tough work. You have to be willing to get along people that are going to support you say no more i'm not listening to those negative stories over my life and nobody's going to insult my future mm. with my past mm -hmm. and then lastly i'm just not going to be okay with where i'm at i'm not okay it's miserable and i'm moving on and i'm going to do something different with my life so those are like the three things that i definitely had to live mm -hmm. every every day i had to live them until it became natural I'm not sure those are baby steps. Those are huge steps. I'm, I'm ready to go take a <laughs> hill right now. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Um, okay. that, 
wow what what what's inspiration those are three huge steps i know you call them baby steps but those are three <laughs> huge steps like it that's just something you decide like you really got to get to a place where you're ready to take those three yes they're baby steps but those are big big steps but if you yeah. do I, I i gotta believe you experience a freedom that you clearly yes. have found in your life um yeah. Wow. Those I'm, I'm serious. Like I was ready to take a hill when you were talking. I'm ready, I'm ready to fight. Let's go. Let's go. Right. Take this one. Where are we yeah. at? Let's go. <laughs> Not fight you. I, I mean, no, fight. no, no, I get it. We're on the same team. We're on the same team. I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, your, your enthusiasm is incredibly, um, <laughs> just contagious. It's so, it's wow. wonderful. So one of the main reasons we were on today is to talk about the book. And maybe that a lot of what you've talked about is in the book, but let's just talk about the prescription is, is, is in the dirt. Yeah. Let me say that again. The prescription is in the dirt. Cause I want to get your title, right? Yeah. It's on Amazon. Tell us all about the book. Yes. Well, the prescription is in the dirt actually was born out of this out of my trial, out of the pain, out of all the things I had to crawl myself through, because I definitely don't believe I walked through a lot of it, that I had to crawl myself through and kind of gut check myself every once in a while to say, Fatima, how much do you want this? Mm -hmm. The prescription in the dirt talks about all that stuff. The dirt is the thing that we hit, we, we hit on. Um, my story, the abuse, the, the betrayal that I've felt, the heartbreak that I've had, um, the, the confusion, um, even serving Christ and saying, how dare you do this to me, God, all of that, um, the taboo things, basically that we feel like if we talk about somebody's going to misjudge us or misunderstand us, and we don't want, we don't ever want to be misunderstood. Right. Mm -hmm. And even in the church, if we talk about certain things that may happen in the church or that we kind of turn our eyes away from in the church, in some cases, sometimes it happens that, um, we're not as saved if we talk about it. So um, the book talks about my story, my walk that mm. I had to go through to get these revelations and that it was, it was baby steps for me. It was every day choosing to get up and follow God, every day believing that there's got to be something better on the other side. And so it's outlined in my book and I really wrote it as an extension of healing for me. It was an extension of therapy for me. My therapist told me you need to start writing. And I used to love to write, but I had so many journals that were full of so much sorrow and pain that I didn't mm -hmm. want to write anymore. Mm -hmm. And so this um, going to therapy and talking about a lot of stuff got me back into writing. And then honestly, I feel like God already knew that this was the plan. For me, it was a serendipitous moment, like a, a happy accident. Mm -hmm. But God already knew that this was my calling. And I just kind of stumbled into it in the process of journaling. And mm. so my stories, uh, my life is in this book. And that feels kind of weird to look at a book and be like, that's my life. It's only a hundred and something. <laughs> my book, my life only worth a hundred pages. What? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, it, but it's awesome at the same time. And, and I just pray that it speaks for people who have not gotten the courage yet to speak for themselves. It's okay because mm -hmm. I've been there. It took a lot of years. I'm 46 years old and mm -hmm. it took a lot of years for me to get okay with talking out loud and telling my story. So it is okay if, if people listening and viewing are not, not, not there yet, yeah. but I'm going to be their voice. And so mm -hmm. my book is a part of being that voice, not just for myself, but being that voice for those who aren't able to stand up for themselves just yet. Amazing.
I, I can't think of any other words. It's just um, what I what I'm thinking is you you give the gift of going second because um, so many people, as you said, it, you know, and we talk a lot about that on this podcast. But but it's a powerful gift that you can. There's no, I don't know if there's a better gift that you can give someone than the gift of going second to to be the first one to say, I'm you know I'm dealing with this, and then all of a sudden once that door is open, then somebody else yeah. can say I am too. Me too. You know um, I, I'm struggling with it too. But somebody's got to go first, and it sounds like this book is really your 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 way of going first for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons and a lot of different hurts. And that takes me to um, one of the one of the last things, and that is, um, you have a space on your page. If I get this right, um, you have a. If not, you'll correct me. But unscripted, <laughs> um, you have. But I believe you have a space on your page where people can go and actually connect with you for 10, 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes yeah. of just one on one, and you you're just there to listen. And so you've given the gift of going second. And now it's their chance to reach out to you. Anyone listening to this podcast today, um, anyone that gets your book, it, it, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like um, they can, you've gone first. Now they have a chance of going second with you personally to say, here's what I'm dealing with. You know, you, you, you've opened the door for me. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, one thing that I found so valuable in Celebrate Recovery is that you get this moment if it's five minutes, um, three minutes, you get this moment where you can just share whatever is on your heart, truly whatever's there. Nobody tries to give you advice. Nobody interrupts you. You just get to get it out. And I found that there is so much power. I didn't even know, maybe because I talk so much, but I didn't even know <laughs> that there was so much power in that. And so, um, I found my voice, I think, in that way, in that setting. And I just want to give somebody else the opportunity to have that moment where they cannot internalize for a moment. They can actually speak what's on their heart, whether it sounds um, good or bad, ugly or indifferent. They can share it. And I'm just there to listen. And, um, and, and I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I don't have any medical professional licenses. I'm just a chick that's been through a lot of stuff. Mm. And I know what it's like to feel defeated. I know what it's like to feel slighted and bamboozled. And I know what it's like to be angry at God and confused about my faith. And, um, and I also know what it's like to have people show me grace and to come alongside me and walk with me and have enough faith for me. And I just want to be able to provide that for somebody else. So yes, come to my website. It's FatimaC.com. Come to my website, find appointments. And you can book a session, it's 20 minutes. And if you want prayer afterwards, I'll pray for you. If you don't, that's okay too. I really am there just to listen. You talk and I listen. Mm. That's incredibly powerful that you would you would open up a time for for really anyone. That that really does. That that's 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 not just being about that's not just preaching about it, that's being about it. And that's pretty powerful. Um so <laughs> unbelievable. You, I just I, I have so many thoughts running through my mind. Um, and they're all and they're all so positive um, of just what what a story that you've 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 provided and that you you are willing to not have, now that you've walked through this fire, you're willing to share it with others. And what I was thinking, I was thinking about this earlier when you were talking and it sounded like um, you were talking about surviving. You were just surviving. And to me, it was almost like a Band-Aid. And there was, you had a, you had a, a wound that, that you just kept putting yeah. a bandage on just because you were trying to survive. You were just trying to get through 
to the, you know, to the next yeah. thing. And at some point you've had to go in and really address, okay, here, this is the wound, but there, and my wife used to actually have a blog site called um, heal the wound, leave the scar. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what you've in, in many ways, it sounds like that's what you've said as well is, um, you know, I did have a wound, it's healed, but, but leave that scar because I want to tell the story. Yeah. And, you know, whenever somebody sees the scar, it's like, oh, what, what happened? And now you can tell the story. And it sounds like that's what you're doing with your life. And I'm, I'm so impressed with you, um, with everything that you've shared tonight. Um, before we get off, um, it sounds like so we can get the book on Amazon or your website. So give me all the links that you have, whether it's email or whatever, whatever email or whatever links you want to share. What are those links? Well, my husband would love for other people to talk to me so that he don't have to spend so much time (laughs) saying, "Mm -hmm, really? What? Perfect. So, so hit me up. Right. <laughs> so my website again is www. You can tell I'm old because I say www, but www.fatimac.com. The C is for my initial. It's not O, it's fatimac.com and it should pop up and you'll see a nice little couch there with tea because we're just having a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So come and check me out and see what I've been about. Um, but also you can reach me on Facebook. That's Fatima Oliver um, or Fatima C. Oliver on Facebook, Instagram, Fatima C. Oliver, uh, LinkedIn. Guess what it is, Fatima C. Oliver. And even on Reddit, I'm on Reddit, on uh, Fatima um, C. Oliver on Reddit. So um, I try to be as accessible as possible. And um, I don't necessarily shy away from tough questions. So I'm, I'm pretty much an open book. It's a blessing and a cursing. So if you have anything that you want to talk with me, talk to me about just hit me up and and let's just have a conversation i love it and i'm so thankful for our friend ryan uh for making the connection for us god bless him and uh this has been really um so life-giving for me this the the entire podcast from this the time i started has been life-giving but i because of interactions like this to to speak to someone like yourself that just has an incredible story that inspires and i i hope (laughs) <laughs> like the two people that listen to my podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I hope the people that listen will love this. Um, I will put everything together in a blog post for you, uh, including the links. And um, I'm just so thankful for you. Thank you for your time. And um, yeah, just God bless. I, I don't even know how to finish. <laughs> I just know I'm really, I'm so impressed with you. I really am. Thank you. Don't be impressed with me. Be impressed with God. Cause that's God's work. Trust. It is all God. So thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm excited at what God is doing right now. I'm just getting in the backseat and saying, where we going next, God, let's yeah. go. So well, um, thank you so much. Well, know this wherever he takes you, you've always got a place on unscripted. So I actually look forward to you coming back on because that's Yay. great more to talk about. So awesome. thank you so much. Uh, yes. This is such a wonderful blessing. God bless everything you're doing. And uh, the prescription is in the dirt and the chats and baby steps and everything else you're doing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. All right. Thank God bless. You. God bless you.